0: Welcome to Top Stories, I am Andy Zaltzman. The news was so bleak in March 2011 that John Oliver admitted something truly shocking about himself. This is from issue 147 of the Bugle entitled Man vs Nature, and I joined John on the phone from Chennai in India.
1: Top Story this week, The Contest. Well... It's hard to know how to sum up the last two weeks of living on this planet. and Andy and I briefly talked about it and concluded that the only way of explaining it is that we are currently living in the middle of an elaborate contest between mankind and nature to see who is the biggest asshole. Both sides are putting forward pretty powerful arguments for being the bigger dick and it's becoming increasingly difficult to argue with either of them. I guess one way to get the sheer scale of just how bad the news is at the moment would be like this. Andy, I think I'm suddenly starting to look forward to the royal wedding. (laughs) That is how bad things are. That level of distracting nonsense is all of a sudden very enticing. In fact, they really need to ratchet up this wedding a notch now. They're not just distracting Britain from our disastrous economy, they're distracting the entire planet from the world of shit that we're currently wading in. Never mind. Never mind, Andy, the cost-cutting measures and and Kate Middleton travelling in a car rather than a gold carriage. That's over now. What we now need is for her to be travelling not only in a golden carriage, but a golden carriage that's hanging from the bottom of a golden helicopter before driving through the streets on a golden hovercraft. Anything less, and they're going to allow people to start staring into the abyss again. We need something big and something shiny, and we need it now. Finally, the royal family are relevant again.
0: It's been an absolute titanic tussle, John. And just when you think mankind has worked its way back into the lead as the biggest tool versus nature, nature pulls another piece of dickery out of its capacious nutsack. I mean, this, we had Gaddafi versus plate tectonics. It's been like the Federer-Nadal 2008 Wimbledon final, but more so, and with a similar <laughs> sense of deepening gloom. At the tent, that gloom was merely due to the British evening, not an inescapable chasm of despair. And uh, we have the the nuclear scare in the um, the, f*** you mankind um, nuclear plant in Japan. And I've said it before, and I will say it again. I f***ing hate the Earth's crust. I mean, I I know it's not all bad, John, but it can be a real prick when it wants to be. Selfish, inconsiderate, always doing what it wants to do without thinking of the effects on others. It's like a badly behaved two-year-old after a disappointing Christmas. And this this millennium has already seen way too much of Mother Nature really letting herself down as a parent. And if the authorities had any balls, they would take all of her seven billion children straight into care. She clearly hates most of them.
1: Well, that's it. This is not the first time you've said it, Andy. Regularly on The Bugle, you you have said vocally that you are not a fan of uh, tectonic plates. And I'm guessing that nothing has won you round on that score recently. Tectonic plates are complete arseholes, and nature has a lot to answer for there. Clearly some big arsehole points, in fact, going to nature regarding the events in Japan. But let's also award a few arsehole points to mankind as well for building nuclear reactors right on top of those tectonic plates. Quite a collaboration between the worst part of nature and humanity there, Andy. Quite a depressing duet. But another way to sum up just how big the news has been... Uh, would be this. When was the last time you heard the word Egypt mentioned in the news? That revolution there was only just over a month ago. Has a revolution ever so quickly fallen out of the headlines? They must have thought a month ago, wow, this is a pivotal moment in world history. People are going to be talking about us for years. Hold on a second. Why is that camera crew packing their stuff up? Where the f*** are they going? Now, obviously, the events in Japan have dominated the news all week, and, and our thoughts are thought with any buglers who are in Japan at the moment, some of whom have been kind enough to email us to let us know how they're doing. And initially, the Japanese government had seemed encouraging with the news that they were releasing about the problem nuclear reactors, but that quickly started to change. In fact, I, I think it was around the time that the world started to see pictures of them dumping tons of seawater onto the reactors to desperately try to keep them cool that people thought, oh... I think this might actually be a serious problem because it doesn't seem like desperately dumping seawater onto open reactors would have been in the initial top ten emergency responses. That's the kind of plan that I would think of and I am, in a very real sense, not a nuclear physicist.
0: (laughs) I I think the particular problem with uh, these uh, tectonic plates, John, is when uh, nature starts treating them as if they're plates at a Greek wedding. And that's that's the main problem. But action clearly has to be taken, and Germany is, is leaping forward. Chancellor Angela Merkel has pledged that her country will ditch nuclear power entirely. And also seek to phase out all nucleuses by the year 2023. Uh, Merkel said, nucleuses cannot be trusted. They're clearly not safe. They're up to no good. We don't need them. Think about it. When did you actually last use a nucleus and really use it deliberately, not accidentally? It was a long time ago, wasn't it? Now think of when you last used that pastry cutter shaped like Nancy Reagan's patoot. Not often, but more recently <laughs> than you've used a nucleus. <laughs> Point proved. Danker. <you>. Good <laughs> tag. <thank. laughs>
1: The scenes really have been truly shocking coming out of Japan. uh, Primitive-looking rural houses being crushed by water, high-rise buildings in cities physically swaying from side to side. Japan has always been a country living simultaneously in both the future and the past, with almost no areas living in the present, and never has the line between those two seemed so clear. But on the mankind side, Colonel Gaddafi has been acting as the captain of the team determined to take on nature for the title of deadliest douche. He has managed to behave so terribly that yesterday the UN announced plans to back a no-fly zone over Libya, as well as all necessary measures short of an invasion to protect civilians and civilian populated areas. In New York yesterday, the 15-member body voted 10 to nothing in favour with five abstentions. And that is pretty impressive for Gaddafi, Andy. He managed to force the UN to act And as a rule, they generally don't like to take any kind of decisive action whatsoever. You have to be so hugely vocally and visibly despotic to get them to even table a discussion about you that many wannabe despots have just got bored and given up trying. If you can get the UN to do anything at all, you have truly excelled as a whack job. (laughs)
0: Yep, like the uh, platinum-caliber mega (laughs) that he is, and I, I can call him that as I can use someone else's oil, I'm fine, I don't need him. He's been treating his own people to some of the finest technology the West has to offer, and sadly, that has not been free plasma screen televisions. And um, the UN, alas, as you say, has, uh, has uh, stopped battering its snooze alarm on this one. Um, initially he sent yeah. an email to Gaddafi telling him they were, quote, in a real huff with him, and, quotes knocked off and a bit miffed about how he was brutalising his people. Uh, but they've now decided that he has definitely crossed that line between valued customer stroke cut price petrol pump and certifiable nut job stroke malignant tumour. And I mean, it is, a, it is so hard to tell the difference in top level politics these these days. So they have passed a resolution saying, Gaddafi, you're a naughty boy, you are grounded. Literally, no treats and no flying. And <laughs> I mean, it, it seems to work that just, just, just literally minutes before we've, uh, we started recording this. So, in fact, whilst, I think, I was receiving um, my, my daily cup of chai from room service. <laughs> I'm, I'm blending in seamlessly, John. Um, <laughs> Libby has uh, said that he's going to de- halt military action, although, you know, this boy has cried wolf quite a lot of yes. times in the last 40 years. And, but, but anyway, the no-flow zone seemed right to me, rather like telling Manny Pacquiao in a fight with Rick Moranis that he's only allowed to hit Moranis with his left hand and not his right. Moranis is still going to have his face pumped in. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see whether it will will help the rebels enough.
1: The plan but seems to be apparently I was reading this morning that the British and the French uh, will initially take part in the first airstrikes if necessary, with logistical backup from Arab allies. So just the British then? That's what I take away from that, Andy. We're going to be basically <laughs> doing that on their own. The French will be behind, but quite a long way behind. On the ground in Paris, behind. Now, sure, <laughs> surely this is the before. Job. Yeah. Surely before the vote, Colonel Gaddafi uh, told Portuguese television, if the world is crazy, we will be crazy too. Before going on to say, oh, also, if the world isn't crazy, we will still be crazy anyway. What I'm essentially saying is, we are f***ing crazy. And, of course, when I say we, I mean me. Me and the voices in my head are f***ing crazy. I have one more thing to add. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Um, he
0: offered an amnesty to uh, to the rebels, um, which, again, I'm not sure you'd necessarily trust him. He did, to, to be fair to him, have the decency to put on a big bad wolf costume and dress as someone's granny whilst he was making that offer. So he was sort of laying his cards on the table. But we're, we're, we're kind of constrained in uh, what we can do in the West, particularly America and Britain, because we... We rather nailed our wang to the coffee table with Iraq, and now, A, our wang is sore, and B, no one else trusts us when we start fiddling with the zip on our trousers (laughs) and asking them (laughs) whether they wouldn't mind moving that large but obviously unread book of very lovely aerial photographs of the world. So I guess the lesson is, don't nail your wang to coffee tables unless you're absolutely 100% sure that the owner of the coffee table wants to use your dongle for a coaster, as Mahatma Gandhi himself once said. That was your top story from March 2011. To hear more of our shows, buy the Dancy Lagarde book or donate to help keep The Bugle free, flourishing and independent, go to Buglepodcast.com.
1: Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better